Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, my friend. I'm going to tell you something. I've eaten the biggest watermelon this evening. Oh. Not the whole thing, but it might as well. Okay, be. I was concerned. Yeah, yeah. I'm, hey, look, I'm a glutton for food, but not that much. I went to, um, we've got a local market in town it's the best one in best one in the county best one in the state if you will um and they have melon which is longer than my daughter's arm and she picked it for that reason because you know kids are always going to pick the biggest thing and i thought Gee, how much is this going to cost this thing is huge it's fresh it's massive it's heavy uh it cost me one pound 60 which is about two bucks for this mit for a oh, melon which wow. is probably about the size of your bicep john or your thighs and, and it was it's it was a big boy um I didn't have the whole thing. Uh, she took it home with her and I had, it was so big. I ended up taking a quarter home with me. Uh, so I've had that. So I'm kind of feeling a bit, a bit of a bit of a melon haze, but I feel good for just eating pure water. No calories, pure water. I've got to ask you, JB, watermelon. Firstly, do you like it? Secondly, what do you do with the seeds? You know, the black seeds, do you eat them or do you just pick them out? Um, I, I do like watermelon. Uh, I went through a long phase where I didn't eat a lot of fruit. Um, mm-hmm. And over the last couple of years, that's that's no longer the case. Nice. Uh, I often buy um, seedless watermelon, though, here. And I don't know if that's a, a U.S. thing or if that is a uh, everywhere thing now. But um, seedless watermelons are the convenience. Um, I would not eat the seeds. Though. I would spit them out um, if good, I'm good. eating watermelon with the seeds. But um, oh, of course, because when we were children, we were told that they would grow into uh, watermelons in our tummy, and I don't exactly. want to give birth to a watermelon because um, that feels painful. So, yes. you know, how are you doing anyway, though, my friend? How are oh. you? How, how's Florida keeping safe and well? It's it's fine, uh, I guess. I, I did not get to have watermelon before recording. Um, I actually had the opportunity to have some food that I, I opted out of for no particular reason, but they had like some appetizer type stuff from a, a very popular chain restaurant, and it smelled quite good. But I was like, it, it's a weird time because I've already had lunch and dinner's coming up, so I didn't want to eat a bunch of like greasy appetizer food. And then uh, I really regret, to be honest, turning down a piece of cake. Um, <laughs> It was, but they cut the slices like they're so big, like because they buy this giant retirement cake and there aren't that many of us that were able to like attend this retirement party for a coworker um, who uh, I adore and I'm very sad to see leaving, but um, I just wasn't up for cake uh, right then, even though it looked amazing and I'm sure it was, um, but I also, it, it would have been like a meal worth of calories because it's such a big home. piece of cake they cut. Um, and I, I know you could be like, oh, you could just eat a little bit. I wouldn't eat. I would eat the whole piece. Like I know me that once it's in my mouth, it. I'm going to eat the cake. Um, so I just opted not to have it. So, uh, I'm a little, little hungry. Um, you know, uh, I'm okay. I, I had a protein cookie, uh, before recording to at least give myself something to tide over the, the dinner time uh, food. But, um, you know, I, I'm overall ready to uh, discuss this movie. This is, it's one of those things where I, I would like to say so many things about the film we're here to talk about today, folks, which is John wick chapter four, uh, palabalabalabum. Oh wait, no, they opted not to do that this time. Woo-hoo. That's right. Uh, it's just chapter four. I think we could all erase Parabellum off of our Blu-ray copies of John wick chapter three and pretend that they never made such a weird choice to do that. Um, but I gotta say, um, 
folks, if you haven't listened, uh, we've we've covered chapter three for sure on this podcast. I feel like we had to have done two, right? Like time wise, hmm. um, I think we, we, we definitely we did covered it in some way, shape, or form. Whether it is a main show or as a kind of, we also watch this segment. Yeah, and we, I mean, with the show started in weird fragments where we would do uh, four movies at a time, so we might have covered it in one of those older episodes like that. But we've we've both been pretty big fans of this franchise. Uh, I love Keanu in general, even though I don't think he's the greatest actor. I just love him when he's cast correctly. And John Wick has been one of those characters where he fits perfectly, both the tone and the character. The film is directed by Chad Stahelski. Uh, is it Stahelski? I heard it was, I think Keanu said Stahelski. So Stahelski okay. would do. I added a bunch of letters that first attempt, <laughs> and then I realized I'm like, there's, there's no, uh, some of those letters cake. aren't in the word. Um, but, uh, yeah, but it's written by a few people, which I don't believe to be true. Shea Hatton, Michael Finch, Derek Kolstad. Uh, it has, of course, Keanu Reeves in the lead role. Um, which also like the name that I got from the Wikipedia, I'm like, is this accurate? I've never, I don't remember them ever calling him Jardini, John, John Okovich. Um, and I got to ask, have they called him Jonathan in the other movies? And I just forgot. I don't know. Or but have it's they... so jarring to me. Right. Okay. It wasn't just me then. Cause I was oh, like, yeah. when they said Jonathan, I'm like, hold up. I'm not surprised that his name is Jonathan, but why are we suddenly calling him that um, in movie four? But never. Uh, and as a Jonathan, it did throw me off. Um, Donnie Yen uh, is in this film as Kane, Bill Skarsgård as the Marquise, Vincent de Garmon, uh, Lawrence Fishburne as the Bowery King returning in that role. Um, Oh, I'm going to mispronounce this guy's name, but I love him. Hiroyuki Sonata, um, as I don't think his name is important. I don't think you ever really hear his name. Uh, Shamir Anderson, um, who is kind of, uh, from what I've read, it was like a breakout casting choice to bring Shamir into this. Like he's supposed to be getting a big push. Uh, we have what, I'm not sure if it's Lance Reddick's final role or not. I don't know if he had filmed anything. Not his final role to be released. There's still, I think, one more to come. Okay. I'm not surprised because the man worked. Uh, yeah. If anything, Lance Reddick worked. And so I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of stuff still was out there um, in the ether, but very um, emotional to see him. I, I loved him in this franchise and uh, I was happy that he was in this one. Rima Sahawani. So Sawayami. There's an M there. Uh, Scott Atkins, who I didn't know much about, but apparently Scott Atkins, big action star in yeah, other countries. Stunt role as well. Stunt performer as well. And then Ian McShane, um, I can I did not put Ian at the bottom here. I want to point that out. That was where he was listed, and I was like, why is he so far down? Like he should be like number two, right? Um, but uh, this movie, John Wick uncovers the path to defeating the high table. That means nothing if you haven't seen the other movies. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Currently sitting 95% Rotten Tomatoes, 96% audience Rotten Tomatoes score. So both critics and audiences love this movie. 78 Metascore, 8.5 IMDb user score, and a 4.2 on Letterboxd, which is, I feel like, one of the highest Letterbox averages that we've ever covered on this podcast. I think um, you're right. Letterbox is usually pretty fickle and it's usually like a good score is like 3.5. So like 4.2 is high. Um, and it's currently only in theaters. Um, as I said, I, I, I've been a big fan of this franchise. A lot of people are saying this is the best of the franchise. And I think you could make an argument that it's got the best action in the franchise. I think it has some issues in story. Um, I've had a lot of people, several of my students who are like, but you're not seeing John Wick for the story. And I disagree ah. with that. Because you are you are posing the idea that 
you don't need or that you can't have both that you can't have a good story and good action and john wick chapter one which isn't called chapter one but john wick i think is a great example where the story it's simple the performance is exactly what it needs to be they don't do anything overtaught everything is exactly there but the story and the motivations of the character are always very clear and laid out in a way that i bought into the world building of john wick chapter one which i have raved about for years is so good the when you analyze it you can start to pick out flaws like the gold coins they they are weirdly the same value for everything everything is one gold coin no matter what it is but beside that i think chapter one is such a great example of being able to deliver really strong action and a really strong story and i think four is solid but there are some glaring issues that i will have to save for spoilers because they do involve the ending but for me i don't think they succeed as well as i know they can because to me i feel like little tiny changes would make the story more impactful and that i find just a little disappointing but man this movie is just under three hours and this is by far the longest in the franchise and that was concerning when we saw that runtime drop because it's like well what are you gonna do for that long and i think they do a tremendous job with pacing and with uh using every minute like every minute felt necessary i again you could you could make an argument that, well, you don't need this fight to go on that long, or you don't need to have that many henchmen, but I'm not complaining about that. I was like, (laughs) well, what, what inventive way are we going to have to, to do the next thing? And man, do they find ways to outdo themselves? There are some incredible cinematography choices in this. Um, I, again, I don't know what spoiler is in this because I don't think most people would care about some of the story beats, but I think they might care seeing or hearing about an action sequence that they're looking forward to seeing. So I don't want to talk too specific about the, especially the later parts of the film um, because some of that stuff is, you're just like, wow, how did we get here? How did we figure this out? There's a lot in the trailer, but um, Keanu is, is crushing it. I think uh, Donnie Yen is fantastic. Um, Hiroyuki uh, Sonata was also in bullet train last year. And so I, I've really, really enjoyed both of his uh those performances from him and i was excited to see him back because i was like oh i loved him in bullet train um i think he's great here um i really enjoy what ian mcshane is uh doing in in this whole franchise i think winston is such a compelling character i i loved how little he was in the first movie and yet how compelled i was by him and then man bill skarsgård dude that guy i just i he's so good at being a villain and we've yeah. seen him not be a villain. Um, but he still feels like a villain. He does. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and yet there's, I do like him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like, I don't agree with what he's doing, but I'm just like, man, you are charismatic. Like I can yes. watch you be this, this guy as much as you, you anger me with the things you're doing. I'm still like, I'm not get off the screen angry it's more like "Ooh, i can't wait for john wick to get to you you know like that's the hope versus it being like an annoying performance and that's i think it's a a hard line to straddle for someone who like is so awful in this like his villain is 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 so you're just like oh god this guy but he's so interesting in his mannerisms and his behavior and um scars not french doing a french accent uh thought it was fine i i I don't have any complaints i would say it's better than 
maybe JGLs in, in the walk. So um, low bar, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, I, I really had fun with this movie. Um, I actually, even it's three hours. So it, it makes me hesitate to go see it because again, when you add in trailers and stuff, it's, it's just over three hours. Um, like, li- like it's two hours and 40 minutes actual runtime, but then you add 23 minutes of trailers and them starting the movie late at my theater. So it's, it's a, it's a three hour ordeal. And so I don't know for sure if I'm going to revisit it, but I definitely want to see this again. There's some incredible, at the very least, I want to watch clips from this movie again. Like there are some action sequences that I just want to like analyze and watch. Cause it's, it's incredible. Some of the choices they make. Um, I, ultimately had a really great time with this when I want to really put out there, like I'm saying four and a half stars out of five versus like a perfect score. So while I'm saying like, I wish there were some better things. I do think this is one of the strongest in the franchise. I still like one more partly because I just think one, one is perfect across. I don't have any complaints with Mm -hmm. one outside of like, I, people might say, Oh, it's, it's cheesy. It's like, well, yes, that I don't disagree with, but I like the cheese that it's providing and um, four, I think does a lot of stuff. Incredible. I think again, the action sequences are so ambitious and so cool. I wish they'd stuck the landing with the story though, because that's the part that really, I was just like, I should feel more and I didn't. So um, Matt, what did you think of John wick chapter four? Not a million miles away from what you thought, John, which doesn't always happen. Sometimes it does, but in this instance, absolutely does. John wick four is superb excellent but it has just those few things missing like you mentioned there's a few kind of major story beats which should have felt bigger or more epic or they should have carried more weight than they did for me and seems like for you as well um mm-hmm. maybe may you know maybe we'll have more, more more stories to tell and we'll find out more i don't know but i think we needed to get a little bit more from certain moments the runtime um i agree with you that the uh, i think it's too long but what we got in in these fantastic action scenes and fight scenes some of the best choreography i've seen in a long time in an action film what you got made you want more so you you may be waiting 15 20 minutes for the next action action set piece but it's, it's worth it's worth the wait for that so they for me whilst i do think it is a little bit too long classic bamp complaint there but it is nearly three hours long for an action film i think the payoffs in this film other than one or two which we'll allude to later in or maybe in the spoiler minisode are well worth it um yes the 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 action sequences john this is an action film a a lot of time on this podcast i kind of chide action films for being a bit bland a bit generic or in some cases like leaning on their influences too heavy to the point of plagiarism almost but but this is how you do it. The the cinematography in these fight scenes is like you say. This is top draw stuff. Now they, they are absolutely not messing around here. And you could you could look at some. I've, I've looked in some of the some of the fights. Is maybe in uh, John Wick Chapter Three, Parabella, Wellam, and thought they're they're co- they're good. But are you going to f- are you trying too hard here to make them look nice for the substance? I didn't get that in in chapter in chapter four. Dan Lauston is the cinematographer, absolutely nails it. But it isn't, it isn't just the way that they're shot; it's also the lighting, the color palettes they use are absolutely spot on. 
another criticism I've had for for neo noir films, especially or films of this kind, is that they can try, like I mentioned, they can try to be too stylish by covering up flaws by giving you like really cool looking shots. Wow, look, look at the, all this neon we have, or look at the the shot this this fight we're having in a beautiful but like purple hue, which adds nothing to the story. I did not get that here. You get some of the best choreography I've seen in years, some of the best fight cinematography I've seen in years, and some of the best fight uh, lighting and colour palettes I've seen in years. It, it, it's, it's, a mar- it's a marvel in, in that sense. Story-wise, I agree with you, JB, that for the most part, I'm, I'm on board with it. You do have to, uh, like you mentioned, this this isn't just cheese. John, you know, John Wick is by now it's the whole cheese board. There, there are moments in this where I'm thinking you're not following the rules of your own film of your own franchise, but it's so bombastic and so loud that I'm willing to go along for the ride, but I couldn't quite shake that. It, it gets a bit daft after a while. Um, uh, I'm going to probably alienate the majority of our listeners here. Maybe even you JB, you know what's coming. I love Keanu Reeves. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think he's an excellent, excellent Man, I think he's a superb action hero, but, but goddamn, some of these line deliveries, JB, it it was Bram Stoker's Dracula level of awful, I thought. Some <laughs> of his line deliveries were bad compared to when you've got people like uh, Ian McShane, when you've got yes. people like Bill Skarsgård, and even Donnie Yen just absolutely nailing their lines. I think it, I think it showed Keanu up a little bit, and I don't mean that in a negative sense that he is the worst part of the film. No, because he is a bona fide action star. Like this, this dude drips cool with his suit on and doing the things he does. I just kind of wish that he had, I think, he, I think I already had 380 words to say in the whole film. I kind of wish that if they were going to have him sort of spiral into this, um, state of mind, which he's been falling in throughout these films that he'd almost become mute at this point. I think it would have yeah. been a bit more effective for me and some of the some of the times he did speak did take me out because i did think that's just the the line delivery wasn't great um but i love i love seeing keanu as as this character he's created a new icon or he's now solidified a new icon in this genre uh yeah donnie yen is donnie donnie yen is fantastic continuing that blind action star after playing chira inway in rogue one uh back again i think he's great in this film i genuinely do think he is a uh, an excellent part of this world. Bill Skarsgård as well. Like you, he could have easily just been like a slimy creep, but I think that they mm-hmm. gave him enough moments to show that, you know, he can he will back up, you know, his position or his desires and wants, you know, he will do things to, uh, and say things that make you think, yeah, this guy is, I, I, I do believe that whilst this guy is a bit of a slime ball, you know, he, he, he will back it up. I appreciated that he wasn't just a one-note villain completely. I didn't mind the accent, and I, I love seeing Bill Skarsgård. And like you said, there's something about him. Uh, he's got charisma for days that uh, you want to see more of him on screen. It was a bit like Heath Ledger's Joker. I don't mean, not, I'm not comparing the two, but I mean in the sense that he was the bad guy, but you wanted to see him. You wanted to, I wanted to see him more than Batman mm. for a lot of the time in that film. Um, and I think uh, I want to shout as well to uh, Rina Sama Sawayama as Akira. I liked her for when she was in the film. Yep. I think she's a, uh, I think she's a rising star as well. But yeah, JB, there's not a lot I didn't like about this film. I am actually on the same wavelength as you in terms of what kind of fell short. Um, 
uh, I like the music choices. I think the music, the, the needle drops were, were very cool. I loved the references to other films. So, um, Stahelski has shown through all four films that he is a man of, man of the, man of art, man of culture. He loves film. And there are some bona fide brilliance yeah, nods and influences in this film or, or straight up send ups in one case. And it is, it was fantastic to see. Uh, but yeah, John, a little bit over, a little bit over long for me. It's, it did start to pummel me down a little bit by the time we got towards the end, but you cannot deny that this is an absolutely insanely good action movie. And at what point now do we look at these four films and think, hmm, is this the best action saga series franchise out there? Like for quality of the four films, is this the best or one of the best? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely can make a case. Um, you know, some of the story, I I really felt three dropped a lot of the, the way the action mm-hmm. was, was delivered. Um, I, like the first two films, the action is more about like, it's endless waves of people and he's taking them out quickly, but they just keep coming. So it's more three goes. Yeah. And then three becomes a traditional Hollywood action film where we have like six minute fights with one or two people Mm -hmm. um, where he doesn't, he's not trying to kill them. And for me, that's a character flaw. It's not that it's bad to watch action wise, but I'm like, that's not who John wick has been shown to be. And this movie, I feel like returns to it a bit where it feels more like the first two in that most of the fights, he is trying to take them out quickly so he doesn't get killed. And that's yes. what I, I felt like three kind of dropped that in a bad way. Cause again, I think the character, he's not that type of fighter. He's going to take you out because he is about surviving Four brings it back. But again, there's still, we do get some, some bigger epic fights, but I think they earn those much better in four than they did in three. Um, um, I'd agree with that. Mostly. Uh, there might be a few that maybe it should have ended a little faster. Um, but uh, they look so damn there's good. A, but there are some incredible action set pieces, which we're not talking about details, folks, because we don't nope. want to spoil anything for you. But um, I also I, I don't know if either of us mentioned Lawrence Fishburne, but boy, he just seems to love chewing the scenery with this character. Like yes. he is so over the top, but in, a, in like the it's not a like it is. It pulls me out like I'm aware of it's a it's a performance. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like this is such he's this is Fishburne just hamming but, it up. But it fits somehow, doesn't it? It does fit. It's so weird that it fits. It shouldn't fit, uh, but I, I do like it. Especially I think because it's the we know the Matrix relationship. Yep. So yep. there's something like meta about them being together and him having <laughs> fun with it that you're like he wants to do this. This isn't a paycheck for Fishburne. This is like I want to be with my friend Keanu, and I like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I, I appreciate that. So, um, cause no, no doubt that Fishburne's a talented actor. Like I love oh, Lawrence sure. Fishburne. He's been, a, he's um, been around for long enough now for everyone to oh, know yeah. what, what an actor he is. Um, I just wanted so, to chuck in as well, JB, the director, Chad Stahelski has said, and he said that Keanu might have a slightly different take, but he said that all four films take, take, uh, place uh, over the course of like eight months. Yeah, I saw something like that. Yeah. Like it's it's a very short period of time. I I, I don't mind that actually. Do you know what I mean? I, I read that at first. I thought, really, that seems a bit of a stretch. But then I thought, well, actually, no, I quite like that. That everything's condensed down like this. You know, John Wick is you know he, these four films cover this time, so we don't I, have like three years. Like we've got three years of oh, what was John Wick doing in those three years between parts three and four, for example? Oh no, we pretty much know what he was doing because these films other than like a quick six month break in between these two, three and four, we know what he's doing. Cause we see it. And I quite like there, that. Are, there are some, uh, 
I, I wonder, like, if someone were to do, like, all the travel, because he does go from, like, he's in a desert at one point, and then he's in New York, <laughs> and then he's, in, like, I'm sure if you add the travel, maybe that's not feasible that it's eight yeah. months. I mean, obviously, on a plane, we're not, we're never taking more than what, like, what's the longest flight, like, Australia to New York 20, or something like that? 26 or yeah. maybe 30 hours, yeah. But that's still, that's a long time. Like, if you do that multiple times, you're you're in the air a lot. Jet like, lag, I don't know how, how often he's traveled. Yeah. So, it, it, but it's still feasible to be within a year, I think. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what Keanu's I, take on it is, if he thinks that the same. But apparently, according to Chad, he says, well, Keanu, Ke- it won't be too different, but it may not be eight months. Keanu's immortal, right? So time is relative and it doesn't matter right. to him. So, uh, but that, folks, is our review. Matt and I, just as positive as most of the other reception. Yeah. I think the, the meta score is a more accurate representation of the quality of the film. I think in that 70, early 80 range, um, I think the action you could argue is like in the nineties and then the other Hell stuff yeah. maybe hurts it a little bit. Um, but there are some definitely never forget type action moments in this movie. Um, it'll be hard to uh, top this as the best action film of the year. Um, I hope somebody does. Of course. I can't think of one on the horizon but you know um if if in 2015 you told me mad max fury road was going to be my favorite action film possibly of all time i i was not that hyped for that movie and it blew me away so who knows it blew a lot of people away but you know i was uh i was not a mad max fan going into fury road so i was not like oh can't wait i yeah, just yeah. went in like yeah i guess and then i was like oh my god this movie well, this um, is incredible um, yeah and you know i did get hits some of the levels of that in it like you're just like, holy crap, how? How did you do this? It, um, it feels earned this time. I know you said earlier on that um, a, a certain th- certain things felt earned. But for me, the the huge action sequences, the kind of plethora, the selection of kills available, it's, it, it, I think in another film I would have watched this and thought, this feels like a greatest hits of how many cool kills can we get? But I, I genuinely didn't get that in this film. I kind of felt like, yeah, we've... You know, as Keanu would say, yeah, we've gone three films. We're here on this fourth one now. We're going big. We're going bold. Hit me. Hit me with it. And they did. As far as I'm concerned, I think Chad Stahelski, who's only directed four films, and they're all John Wick films. I mean, Jesus, that's not a bad batting record. Um, I think they went hell for leather here, and it, it didn't ever feel like style over substance. And for me, personally speaking, that is one of the biggest compliments I'll give a film like this where – I kind of worried going in that they would build off of three and go too big, too much, but without any real mm-hmm. rhyme or reason. And to this guy, I don't think they did. Was it big over I the agree. top and bombastic? Yeah, it was, but it felt right. Yeah. It felt more in line with what one and two was doing yes. with the character, um, which I guess only makes the, the parabellum in the name for chapter <laughs> three, all the more appropriate because it's I like, guess. what the heck happened with three? Like th- three is like Hollywood got their fingers on this franchise for a little bit. And then this movie feels like they, they ripped it back for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Um, and uh, kudos again, I like three, but nowhere near as much as one and two. And yeah, I like same. four way more than three. Well, folks, that's our review of John Wick Chapter 4 playing in theaters right now. Let's move on to our next segment. This is Chuffed Headlines. These are movie or pop culture news that caught our attention. Um, Man, I almost said for you not to grab this headline, but let's do it. Matt, what is your headline? Well, I almost said to me not to grab this headline as well, JB, for a variety of reasons, but kind of feels like it's something that needs to be spoken about. Um, 
and it's the story of Jonathan Majors, and this is actually from Vox, and the the article itself isn't necessarily, the headline itself isn't necessarily a story for me. The, the headline is, Why Jonathan Majors' Assault Arrest is So Disturbing and So Complicated. Now, for me, I'm not interested in that side of it. It was more that, I think it's worth touching on, obviously. Firstly, let's just get it out of the way now. At, at the time of recording this show, on this day, these are all allegations. Nothing's been proven. There is no charges being levied which are going to result in any kind of criminal um, criminal uh, prosecutions as of yet. Who knows? By the time we're listening, maybe they have been. But at the minute, all allegations. But obviously the story came that Jonathan Majors was arrested in Manhattan on misdemeanor charges uh, in a reported domestic dispute with his girlfriend. Um, and kind of the point I wanted to raise was firstly, you know, again, innocent till proven guilty and as well as of course but you know we've spent we you know we've spent a lot of the last few weeks the last few months saying what a star you know what a star this guy is you know what an absolute and and the film and the roles he has been in recently he has you know absolutely nailed he's done such a good job the guy's an absolute talent in front of the camera but obviously it's come out recently in recent days that apparently there is a track record of um of bullying or of just not being a great guy on set, which has only now come out, which obviously then raises the question, which a lot of people have asked of, yeah, yeah why now? Why do I, but this is that, that's a wider mm-hmm. story for another time. It was more that I saw this headline and actually thought it was going to be about something else. JB, I thought that the, the headline was actually going to be about the bonkers, the crap I've seen online about, but what, what about, what about the Kang dynasty, John? What about, what about secret wars? What's going to happen yeah. to that? Who cares? You know what I mean? It's, uh, it was more about the kind of the fandom's reaction to this. At the minute, again, it's all allegations. And when when the truth is out, of course, as adults, and we'll all deal with it, whatever the whatever the courts decide on. I'm not going to sit here and try and be judge, uh, jury and execution or anything stupid like that. But a lot of people online have, as is the horrible world we yeah. live in. Um, and I just saw a lot of people saying about, you know, what happens to the MCU now? What happens to his Oscar chances for magazine dreams later on in the year? Uh, we, we, you know, wh- wh- what do we do about that? And I thought, if that's your first thought, then what, what is going on here? Like if I don't know if this is true or not, but the at the centre of it is somebody who may or may not have been assaulted, or by the looks, it has been. We just don't know by who. There, there's or the why. issue. Not yeah, or, or and why? Yeah, not yeah. But what about Kang? You know, guys are variant. Re- replace him if needs be, but. Um, I just kind of thought I'd mention it because we, we again, like I said, we've we've spent the last few months, you know, talking up this guy, and I didn't think yeah. it would be necessarily right to not mention, at least bring it up, and in a way that we're not saying, oh, now look at him, he's having the biggest downfall in Hollywood, like a lot of people are saying. Um, uh. But it's it, it's sad to hear, you know, the, his his team are saying, oh, look, we've got provable evidence, it's all going to be fine. But this kind yeah. of thing leaves a stain, doesn't it, JB? But the question more so was, you know, what did, what did you think about, I could probably guess, but the kind of fandom or the social media reaction towards this story? Yeah, I mean, it's it. We're, we're so involved in the industry as like a peripheral, you know, entity of it, right? We, we only exist because it exists. And so I think there's some obvious reasons to think those thoughts, to like – well, how is it going to affect these projects and these things? Because they are, I mean, they're scheduled, right? Like they're literally like on the books 
And so for so many people, it, it is, it's jarring. Cause it, it, I think when we look back 20 years ago, we knew there was a chance a movie would have a sequel, but we didn't usually have like the next five years mapped out when we were going to get these movies. And so mm-hmm. yeah. it is weird uh, in the culture that we're in, especially the MCU specifically, when we have this kind of infrastructure and it, we we've witnessed how it played out once before. So a lot of the assumptions are that it's going to play out very similarly. And that when this guy is a, your, your backbone, I'm not surprised so many people focused on that. It's clearly wrong. We should be concerned for the victim. Uh, we should be concerned for the the man uh, here that, like, not whether or not he's going to be Kang anymore, but, like, is, is he okay? Like, if he did the thing he's accused of, does he need help? You know what I mean? Like, is this something, is this a sign of something deeper wrong and, and, needing that assistance and obviously the uh there's been a lot of things coming out online the validity of those are all of course in question um the validity of this claim from both uh you know the the victim's claim is being called to question by major's team which is to be expected yes uh and it that's a troubling thing right um in a post uh me too world Anytime uh, we're we're casting shade or doubt onto the person making an accusation, I get very nervous um, because it is possible for someone to lie, but it's also a big risk for them to lie. It's a yeah. big risk for them to put themselves out there like this. And yeah. I don't ever want to be in a position where we're doubting victims. I hope that no one, in any situation would lie about something horrific because it does make it harder for the real victims in the future. And if what major's team is saying is true, it, there's going to be some very bad ramifications uh, because of this. And of course, just because I, one of the things I saw was that the victim has recanted their, their, uh, the charges. I saw that. Yeah. Like we we know in the past, sometimes victims are convinced or persuaded to yep. not, and so intimidated. It doesn't, it doesn't prove anything, and that's what stinks. Is that all of this is playing out in real time for the world to watch all of the chaos? And I don't want to hold judgment on anybody here because I don't know what happened. Um, it's it's. I'm not saying I haven't had feelings. But I'm trying to be more analytical and passive on this. I hope Jonathan Majors is innocent. I hope it's a misunderstanding. I hope there's clarification. I hope the person who was uh, injured, mm-hmm. that she gets justice from whoever actually injured her. If it was Majors, then he needs to be punished. If it's somebody else, they need to be punished. But um, I, I'm I'm most concerned at, for the people involved. And yes, it, it is going to be interesting to see what happens in the industry, if this is what it has been said to be, but you know, before we got so hung up on continuity, uh, people were recast all the time and it wasn't that big of a deal. Movies are fake. We know they're fake everybody, right? Like we all acknowledge that they're fake. So we can just pretend that it wasn't him if that's what has to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like if that is what ends up being the situation, they can recast. 
uh, we all accept, you know, Don Cheadle as War Machine. Yes. He wasn't, you know. So it's not even like unprecedented. Yeah, it's not even unprecedented in the MCU. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's really, that should be the least of our concern. Um, It is, it will be sad though to see someone that we've all, especially, you know, you and I on this podcast have raved about how much we think Majors is a tremendous talent. I would hate to see that talent squandered by some either a bad choice or you know i hope it's not worse i hope it is a single moment of bad decision making versus it being a character trait you know um but only time will tell and i think we should be you know be passive let this play out make decisions based on truth and not speculation and not rumor um and if there are other victims as some people have claimed I hope they they take this person's action and step forward to help. If this person is is a monster, then we shouldn't let that monster continue to rain terror on people. If this person's not a monster, then they should not be made to be one. There are plenty of monsters out there that should be focused on. That, that, that that's the problem as well. Is like I say, this this leaves a a mark. Now, if 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 the charges are dismissed or the or he's found to be innocent, then he now needs to rebuild. That's just how it is in the public eye as well. But yeah. I hope, I mean, my biggest hope out of this, John, is everything you said there is bang on the money, by the way. But my biggest hope here is that they can sort it quickly, fairly, but amicably as well. But nothing to do with films, nothing to do with MCU or anything like that. Because to me, honestly, Jenna, I've said it on Twitter and I mean it. You've got to get your, give you, give you, I think people have got to give their head a wobble if that is their primary, primary concern primary concern of course people will think yeah. oh, oh well, i wonder yeah. what's gonna happen of course but it's it's interesting to speculate for sure yeah, but yes but it's not that's, that's not the story here um i just hope for everybody involved this gets sorted quickly because like you said this is in the public eye it's it's a high profile case now which i'm sure nobody wants because i'm sure they'd rather people want to get around the table sort this out or have it sorted out in a place of justice I just hope it's done quickly for everybody's sake, and if well, whatever the correct ruling is is found uh, in the in the quickest way and the most fairest way, just so if, if people can move on in their lives in the ways that you said, JB, if it's rehabilitation or if it's or if it's making sure people are out of you know, out of a situation where they can cause more more harm, let's get there and let's make sure that the victim in this is is safeguarded and gets the justice that they they deserve that they need because like you said this could be this has far-reaching consequences and ramifications which hopefully can be we can we can get the most softened version of all of them but yeah that's that's the big story coming out this week jb i thought it'd be it's it's not nice to talk about but it's kind of the the elephant in the room somewhat i think i have another a good uh palate cleanser which is a much simpler one um I don't know how public everyone would know. I I, I am not a fan of Todd Phillips Joker. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think it was bad. I definitely thought it was overhyped. And for me, um, I encourage people who do like Joker to seek out Martin Scorsese's taxi driver and uh, the King of comedy. <clears throat> um, just again, there's nothing wrong with uh, influence or inspiration, but <laughs> Todd Phillips attempt at Joker always sat kind of sour to me because it felt like, someone who is remaking two movies that he saw thought were cool, but didn't quite get the thematic rev, you know, relevance yes. that Scorsese was pushing um, and use a beloved character to do it. And that hurt me more than anything. Cause it's, it's, 
it didn't need to be Joker. And he's on record saying that the only reason Joker was that that is Joker and not just some random clown guy is because it would put butts in seats. Yeah. And it did. And it did. It did very well. And a lot of people love that movie. And Joaquin gets the Oscar for that movie, if I'm not mistaken. Right. He does. So, yep. Yep. Um, the only maybe the only character played by two different actors to get the same to get an Oscar or something like that. I think pretty much all of them have been nominated for high awards at least. I mean, Jared Leto was definitely, but he was he was an Oscar uh, winner, and I think Nicholson was as well. I think that's where it came from, but not for Batman. But yes, Nicholson definitely is an Oscar winner. Um, so we got pictures of Lady Gaga or Lady Gaga, um, as Harley Quinn on the sequel to Joker, Joker Foley a Doi. Or doi, 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 I'm saying Foley it the same duh. way three times. A duh, man, I said the same way three different times. Um, anyways, uh, I saw the photos. I am one. I am a Lady Gaga fan, despite House of Gucci, and um, I I really loved her in Star Is Born, and I think she clearly has an acting talent. Um, and I don't think she's bad in House of Gucci. I just think House of Gucci was a bad movie. Um, and she's not. She's given some very bad dialogue in that film, but I don't necessarily think it's her fault. Oh, hey, Jerry Leto connection. Um, yep. Just put that together. Uh, I, I I think the pictures look cool. I have no beef with what I saw, but I'm curious, Matt, uh, did you see the pictures of Harley Quinn? Oh, I did see the pictures of Harley Quinn, and I mean, they look like Lady Gaga, you know, in, in makeup. I, 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 yeah. With these set pictures always comes that kind of, I feel like I need to remove myself from it somewhat and not get too kind of, not disappointed, but kind of look at in the context of the film, it's going to feel and look so much different. We don't know what she sounds like. We don't really know what her manner is yes. in film because we only know in terms of live action. Anyway, we only know Margot Robbie's kind of um, powder keg Harley Quinn. I've got to imagine this version is going to be a much different version, I assume, um, because as Google tells me, Foley Adur, the the dictionary definition is delusion or mental illness shared by two people in close association. So it ties in with the Joker and Harley's longstanding traditional, traditional relationship. Yep. And bond. Um, yeah, I I like the pictures. I think they look good. JP, I'm intrigued by this film. I, as for Joker, it is supposed to be a musical too. Yes. That is what intrigues me. How that if Todd Phillips can pull that off, because the the first film or, or Joker, I did like it. Um, I, I didn't think it was the masterpiece that certain sections of the world would tell you it is. And I certainly did not yeah. peg that as a $1 billion film. I, I still to this day do not know how it did. And that's not a shade. It genuinely isn't. But it just, you know, go back and watch the film, guys. It doesn't feel like a billion-dollar film. Um, or, or one that would have people rushing to see it time and time again. But we, we've had we've had great low-budget films. We've had great indie films and art house films, which will make, you know, half that or even a quarter of that or even a one one tenth of it well that's kind of where i base it on that was clearly the angle they were going for like you mentioned with um the scorsese link you know this the films aren't designed to make that much but they did uh, it did sorry and i think yeah um whacking phoenix is, is very good in the role he's given i mean he becomes the joker at the very very end but i think he's yes. very good portraying uh the character and the the mental illness side that he brings to it um so I'm looking. I'm interested to see how they what they do now because of of exactly that. This film was nominated for a ton of Oscars. It won for best actor. It was up for best picture. I think it was up for best director as well. Um, and now they're spinning it into a musical. We've got Lady Gaga bringing her talents to it. Where do we go from here? You know, what's 
what's the logical step? Are the studios sitting there saying to Todd Phillips, hey, see that, you know that $1 billion film we did? I want another one. I want another one. Yeah. And is that going to impede his, you know, quote unquote, creative vision, his artistry in this film? Uh, Unless this movie's real bad, though, I can't imagine it not making a bunch of money. Just I, oh, the first make one's a so shocking. I don't, I don't want to say how much because I absolutely flunked on Top Gun when I said 400 million tops. I'm going to say, okay, I think for me, Joker, Folia de, without seeing the film, this will change upon like, hype and seeing it. If the first one made a billion, you know, I could see maybe a drop off. I could see maybe it topping up, topping out at max 800 million. And even that sounds wild. But of course, the film has to be good. It has to resonate with people. Uh, it has to have a reason to exist. The musical side of it, if it alienates even half of the people who went to see the first film, well, it certainly is not going to make anywhere near that billion. Um, but I don't think, for me, this film doesn't need to make a billion to be a, be a success. It just needs to be a good film. But I'm excited. Wack and Phoenix, Lady Gaga together. The pictures look good. The, uh, they, they feel in tone in keeping with the first film. So yeah, I'm intrigued, JB. Yep, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's it's in production, so probably next year is the release date. I'd I think. say so. Yeah. So um, I don't know an official date, but uh, stay tuned. We will hear something, I'm sure, sooner than later. Uh, let's move on to media consumption. These are movies, TV, uh, video games, music, podcasts, etc. that we use to pass the time between recordings. Matt, what have you been consuming since the last time we spoke? In terms of my consuming, I have been uh, consuming the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast with Josh Horowitz. This week, he had Florence Pugh on. I love Florence Pugh. Uh, so I was, I was excited to hear what she said about uh, her films, her career, and of course, her cooking. She's obviously taken the world by storm with Florence Pugh's cooking hour, or cooking time. So that was a fun interview. I, I do enjoy Josh Horowitz's style of interviewing. It feels very laid back, and he generally gets when needs be the uh the juice from 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 his guests but this was a cool interview i enjoyed it uh, and i've been listening mm. to the double toasted podcast i've been listening to dead meat talk about skin and marink and i watched their uh, annual i know i watched their annual horror awards which is very cool again um i do like those guys over there in terms of films jb it's been a it's been a bag this week it's been a bag uh, i watched the most recent film i watched is boston strangler on disney plus the mm. uh, Kieran Knightley, Carrie Coon led film with uh, it's on David- Hulu here, folks. Hulu uh, for you guys States. over there. Yeah, uh, David Dalmatian, Alessandro Nivola, you know, great, great cast in it. And of Boy. course, if you didn't get by the title, it's inspired by true events surrounding the Boston Strangler and that series of murders back in the sixties. Um, and it's pretty good, actually. JB is it is uh, it's very hard not to look at this and think zodiac 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 because it actually has a similar tone in terms of its muted palette very green very gray looking film um but i I thought this was it it wasn't as good as that Uh, and i don't mean to pit two films against each other unnecessarily but i do think it was better than she said that came out last year Mm. i think this actually succeeds more so in focusing more on the story rather than the the people who are telling it despite the fact that the two women involved played by say kira knightley and carrie coon were have be, you know became renowned prominent journalists off the back of this story um i just think they they were portrayed for me they were portrayed better a little bit and the film was a bit more focused on its subject than she said but i i enjoyed that film i think i enjoyed boston strangler just a little bit more but it's still it's still missing something the tension when it needed to be there wasn't quite there performances were good 
I can't help but think, damn, I remember, I remember watching Zodiac and when Downey Jr.'s character was got that call to come and meet the guy in the park or when Drake Gyllenhaal's character goes to meet who he thinks is the Zodiac killer and mm-hmm. damn it, yeah. that, just sat in that, that, in tension, that room. Man. It's, you know, it, that's throttling. This, this film isn't, I mean, to be fair, this film does have a few situations where they really could have let into that a bit more and it felt right but they didn't. They kind of pulled back. It was a 20th century studios film and they kind of pulled back on it somewhat, but it's a, it's a decent watch. It's only an hour and 40 minutes. It's not a bad watch. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I watched film called unseen. I, I saw the screener out for this. I think I saw big tuna or at least a disappointment media gang. I thought this film was pretty good and I watched it. I went in with an open mind. It's an action thriller type film and it's, it's pretty good. It's not bad. It's uh, it follows, a, a woman who is has been abducted by her ex-boyfriend and he seeks revenge on her because she's in in his mind she's wronged him um and she has to she gets away with him but it ends up being she she has she enlists help from some random who she calls by, by accident on a wrong number to to video call her way out because she's lost her glasses she can't see yada 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 sounds crazy that part of the film is actually works but they focus on these really over the top secondary characters who really, really spoil the film. Um, oh. they, they needed to add this villainous element into these two concurrent stories. And the, 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 you know, one part of it, it, it was not good, which really did bring the film down. But there's some really, there's, I think it's a first time director. I cannot remember the director's name. I will get it up right now whilst we're talking. She but, is uh, Yoko Akumura. Hang on. That is it. Um, first time there were some really, there was, there was some very cool, um, transitions, some very cool creative shots, some great use of split screen and, uh, parallel scenes, uh, which kind of marked her out as a director on the rise. I think the two central performances were, were pretty good. It's just everything around in terms of the other performances really did bring the film down. It's cartoony and, I do not know what the hell they were thinking, but overall, not a bad film. However, I sat down last at the weekend and thought, I really want to watch a film on streaming. What's out? What can I watch which looks quite good? And a film came up called Perfect Addiction. I thought, oh, this sounds a bit cheesy, but I've, I, I know it's based on a book. So I thought, oh, what, what's the premise? Oh, it's about an MMA trainer. Uh, and a rivalry between two fighters, and there's a trainer in the middle. I thought, okay, you know me, John. I I quite like a film based on combat sports. This is this seems like a bit of me. Who's in it? Oh, well, you know, Keanu Madeira is in it. The the lead of the Fear Street films. Who? Okay, she's fine. I didn't really like her. I didn't like her character. Sorry, in those films. But let's see what she brings here. It's probably one of the worst films I've seen in years. This is John. Oh, <laughs> this is man. one of the worst films I've seen in years. My letterbox review. And I've said before, I don't like people who, I know some do. Maybe I think I'm just getting old, John. I think I'm just British, but I don't always like the witty letterbox reviews. You know, I'm here for the critique of it all, but I didn't put a witty one. I just put genuinely terrible because it is genuinely oh, terrible. The acting is vile. The story is unbelievably trite, cliche, conventional, unbelievable, pandering. Um it's the fight scenes are awful are terrible. The music drops are awful. It looks bad. It's it's awful. I mean Winnie the Pooh Blood and Man. Honey is worse. It's this is an awful film. And I know since reading Upping, I know a lot, a lot of people are quite excited to watch this film because it is based on a book or at least a series of books anyway. So it's an adaptation and I know people are excited for it. 
I don't know what they're going to think when they see it. I thought this film was bad. Uh, so I will never, ever uh, <laughs> go back to watch Perfect Addiction. And I certainly won't be recommending it to anyone uh, unless you really are a glutton for punishment or desperately need I to mean, finish all the MMA films. That does sound like a perfect addiction, though, right? Where he's like, I did it once and that's all I need. Um, I, I think you've got me there, JP. That's exactly what they call it, that. Perfect addiction. Uh, it's it's anything but perfect. But if you want to watch it, guys, then by all means, check it out. It's about an hour and a half, or an hour and 20 minutes, actually. It fly, It doesn't matter. Well, it flies by. I just wanted to pull my eyes out by the end of it. But it's out there. It's on Amazon Prime or Prime Video. Uh, don't check it out unless you really, really like MMA films and really bad romances. Lady Gaga tie-in. Oh! I just realized what it was. I've seen that the, the uh, they've been pushing this at the Regal Cinemas, like as Have a. They? I think it's like an event. Yeah, it's like a special event though. It's not getting a wide release, I'm and I so was like, sorry. "Man, this looks terrible." Um, and so it is. Uh, it really yeah. is. And again, uh, you know, could shout out to Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill, whoever it was who said it. But I, I don't like. To, I don't like to, you know, slamming on a Seth film's Rogen. work. But this mm-hmm. is <laughs> this is genuinely a bad bad movie so yeah that's perfect addiction so hopefully next week's episode is a, a few more highlights jb um last thing i saw of course was the the mandalorian season three episode four uh i won't give spoilers in case people want to binge it at the end of the season but uh, i enjoyed this episode it was it was the shortest one of the entire season all all, all three seasons um it's kind of you know the bookends are standard kind of mando we need to do something to you know to, to, to fill the time so we get this rather it's a it's a fun trip you know it's a fun side quest but in, in I, I couldn't help but sit back and think hmm okay when, when, when the episode started and the and the kind of focal event happened i thought oh please don't say this is what the episode please do not say this is the episode and we're spending a whole thing you know trying to get something back or someone back please don't mm-hmm. but instead we have this bit in the middle which i loved you know for a for a, for, a, for a fan of the series and the saga, I was like, yeah, I, I'm here for this. I loved it. Uh, very cool. I, 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 I pumped the air at one point because someone someone was there who is who deserves all the love. Um, I've spoken to the guy. He's an absolute hero. He's a great guy. Oh, um, yeah. The middle bit, the the middle insert was the best part of the episode. I liked what what was around it, but you know, bring 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 on the next episode for me, JB. But uh, I know you've yeah. seen it. Uh, what did you think about it? And what else have you been checking out? I liked all the Grogu stuff. I won't say what that is, but I, uh, I think yep. that's yep. Um, the best stuff in the thing. Um, there is some laughable stuff with the other, like the other, the main story of the episode that mm. is like, wait, how long can you be inside of a creature? Um, yes. You know? so uh, yep. uh, let's, let's sleep things. on it before we can, before we find out. What? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, the ending is also kind of weird because there's a decision made, and you're just like, "Wait, th- those were in the ship." Um, uh, I think know, it's gonna, I think it's gonna pay off into this kind of big cool moment later I, in the season. I but. saw some fan theories, or not fan theories. I saw some like you know writers like yes. postulating what it could, what it could be inferring, and maybe cool, but also I don't know. You know, I'm I'm so on the fence right now with Star Wars. I don't like being here. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked I liked when I was one of the fandom people, and I could be like, yeah, Star Wars. And now I'm just like, yeah, Star Wars. Um, you know, I still like lightsabers. They're still cool. Um, and so when I see a lightsaber, I'm excited. 
Also, I got to say, I saw, I don't remember which article, but someone posted something about like who has the coolest helmet. Some of the Mandalorian armor looks like children's toys. Like the color palettes are oh, so weird. you say that? <laughs> well, that's what exactly what Star Wars has been built on since like Return of the Jedi, isn't it? Well, well New Hope is yeah. flogging toys. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. Like, you yeah. Mean, what what an easy way. But yeah, like, I'm like, more importantly, because we, we've seen how uh, Jin's armor has come to be. Yeah. But you gotta like, can you imagine like standing at the, the woman forging your armor and be like, can it be blue? She <laughs> just like looks at you like, what? Yeah. Can it be blue? Like, you're, you're a soldier. Yeah, can it be blue with a green stripe across the side? I was going to say, can I have blue and yellow, please? Well, I don't think those yeah. colors go, I want blue and yellow. Yeah, like yeah, that is the way. It's like actually, it's not <laughs> the way. Uh, let me show you color theory. Um, like if but you yeah, want to make an entrance, I suggest you use blue and white, blue and yellow. Yeah, uh, it's it's such <laughs> like I like uh, Bo-Katan's armor, but and you kind of get why hers is not traditional though, because she seems to be the non-traditional Mandalorian, right? Like so, yeah. you're like the oh, cartoon as well, so they've carried that over. Yeah, well, sure, sure. But I'm saying, like, when you look at, like, Mando's, for me, Mandalorian, when I think Mandalorian now, is obviously Boba Fett, but we've learned that he's not Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And then Jin, like, everything else I'm just kind of learning, because I I didn't watch The Clone Wars, so I wasn't familiar with Bo. Um, But, yeah, it's just a goofy comment. I have no real beef with it, but it is kind of funny when you think about it. Um, What colors uh, would your Mandalorian colors be? So all I'll ask, if, if they said, John, here's your best car. You get two Dude, colors. Uh, this is a pretty obvious answer if you've followed Burke reviews, but red and black, um, yeah. I think, could look so cool. Um, that's one of the reasons I love Darth Maul so much, to be honest, because I'm just like, ah, look at that. It's red yeah, and black, that. he looks so cool. Um, I can't believe you haven't started Ted Lasso, man. Um, Ted Lasso Me season too, three, two episodes out. I love both episodes so far. Um, really really clicking with the the tone and the vibe of that series still and i I really do hope they hold true and this is the last season because i just think carrying this energy for longer it would be a challenge and i'm so impressed that they've been able to do it i was a little worried jumping into season three to be honest because it's been a minute and uh it has gotten so popular since i first came into ted lasso i was a little bit ahead of the curve um and so i do have a little bit of like over like everyone has the believe sign and it's like okay okay yep. but man it pulled me right back in i'm like yep this is great this is why nice. so many people have it um i then um i mentioned on our last episode that i had a coffee uh hang out with a friend a, and a colleague um and she really pushed that i watch abbott elementary uh and I, I ended up watching all of it, and I think just over a week. Uh, I, I paced myself at first, and then I just like, you know, I'm just going to binge this. Um, I'm very sad because I didn't know I was going to hit the end. I actually thought I had two more episodes. Somehow Hulu tricked me, and I thought there were 21 episodes in season two, and there's only 19. No. Um, and I was very bummed when 19 ended, and there was no more. I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I really like the show a lot. It, it, it's as a teacher in today's climate, it definitely, you see the research has gone into this. Uh, it, a lot of the issues that teachers are facing are mm-hmm. in the show. Um, not something so specific to Florida, mind you, but just in general, like teaching the, the attitude about charter schools. Um, there's a lot in the show. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, is in it, uh, but barely, but he's great when he's in it. Um, it was exciting to see him on the show. Um, 
yeah, I, I'm, I, I know they're doing season three, I think. I don't know when that's coming, but I definitely recommend the show. It's on Hulu here in the States. Um, it's an ABC series, but it is on Hulu to watch uh, all of season one and two. Um, nice. It's on Channel 4 in the UK and the associated streaming service. Uh, Blank Check Podcast. Uh, we did the Slumdog Millionaire episode, which, of course, was um, it's one of those Oscar winners that I think uh, people questioned whether it should have been Best Picture or not at this point. Um, so hearing the guys talk about it was good. Um, I think collectively the answer is kind of, maybe it's not the best picture, but it's still, there's an entertaining movie. It introduces us to Dev Patel in a big way. Um, and that's a bonus. Cause, yeah, I, I think it's, it's watchable for sure. It's not a bad movie. I just, I don't know if it's the big I haven't one. Seen, yeah. I, I watched it a couple of years ago uh, for a movie club podcast. Corey and I had not seen it. We did a Danny Boyle like mini series where um, before blank check. haha, guys. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, we hit sunshine, and we hit that. Um, I, I, I could be wrong. It may not have been a Danny Boyle miniseries. We might just like Danny Boyle enough that we were seeking out his movies for the themes that we were doing. Um, but either way, uh, we did watch Slumdog for that, and I did like it. Um, I did find it odd that there are two Danny Boyle films where someone dives into a toilet. You know, like that. That's weird. That Trope now, twice. auto um, twist. It, right. Um. But then for movies, uh, I, I couldn't remember if I mentioned seeing Rye Lane. I think I, I was going to watch oh, it when me. we recorded last yeah. time. Um, you had recommended it. Big Tuna recommended it. Um, I liked it a whole lot. My review is up at Disappointment Media. Uh, really quirky, fun rom-com. Don't love all the visual choices. Uh, some of them feel real jarring. Like there's some, I don't know if it's a fisheye lens or if it's just a wide angle lens that is used, being used up close that distorts some of the images. And for on me, it the doesn't outside, do, yeah, on the external. Front, yeah, yeah. It doesn't do anything like thematically or like you there's no resonance it. for it. It's just a weird stylish, stylish, stylistic flourish I, that I've I don't think. I've noticed that in a lot of films. I do not, not to, not to discredit mm-hmm. the point because I loved Rye Lane, but it's something yeah. I've noticed in a few films recently where, yeah, on the edge of the frames and sort of like impeding a little bit, intruding a bit more, it's kind of, it's just blurry and distorted. And it is noticeable. And it, it, I kind of think, is that a, yeah, is that a deliberate choice or is it something that was missed in the yes. editing? But clearly it's a deliberate choice. Or not knowing the equipment or not, you know, picking well, the wrong yeah. lens, maybe not having a, a knowledgeable cinematographer. Well, focus, yeah. I want to believe it's a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, then uh, 127 hours um, because it, I'm going to be busy this weekend and uh, that's the next episode. Um, so I needed to watch it ahead of time. Um, I also need to watch Trance here pretty soon because I haven't seen Trance. That's the last Danny Boyle film I haven't seen. Um, I purposely uh, avoided 127 hours because of the subject matter, and I'm I'm not a big James Franco fan. Um, yeah, even before the um, even the before allegations came out, I think he's I think he's good in this film. Um, I he think is. He has his moments. I think this film's actually very good. Uh, it is. I hear you. I, though. I was. I was unsure. Well, it's, I still think watching the, if you know the premise, there's a scene that has to happen that I was very uh, apprehensive about. I actually think it's still bothersome, but it's not as troubling as I was afraid it could be. Um, like I didn't know how like grisly the, the visuals were going to get that kind of thing, you know, like, um, and they are grisly, but they, it, it, it was better than I had anticipated. Like I thought it was gonna be like where I couldn't look at the screen for several minutes kind of thing. Um, but uh, I wasn't sure how you could make a movie and engaging for that long, where it's just a dude stuck between a rock and a hard place, so to speak. Um, Literally. 
and they they find a Danny Boyle finds very artistic ways. There are some stylistic flourishes of his that I don't love. He does the uh, the the one car Y effect slow mo thing where like the, there's frames missing and like the it's like a stutter um, movement. He does a few times that like it kind of comes out of nowhere. He's used it before. It's it's a Danny Boyle thing too, but I think one car kind of pioneered it as his style stuff like that. I'm just like, yeah, that's unnecessary. But there are moments that are really, really beneficial well, that the actual story yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that actually. Uh, that's wild. Um, that's kind of dark, I guess, when you think about it, like, Hey, this is where that one guy did that thing. That's awful. Let's do that thing. Um, just dramatize it and glamorize it almost. Uh, I then because of John Wick chapter four, I was in the mood for something action and I had bought uh, for only 50 cents, shoot him up the Clive Owen action film from the <laughs> early aughts and uh, didn't know much about the movie. I always kind of wrote it off as just a silly action film that I guess I was kind of judgmental towards action films in the, in the, the two thousands. Cause I also skipped the, the next movie, but to say for similar reasons, I had never seen a trailer. I didn't really know what the premise was. Shoot him up is wild. Um, it is, it is an ac- action comedy and it is kind of making fun of the genre. Um, like there, it's not quite parody, but there's definitely some satire there about the genre. Like it's the actions over the top. Uh, Clive Owen might, I'm not sure he's not called bugs, but he's definitely influenced by bugs bunny. Like he's eating carrots throughout the movie. Like the first kill in the movie is with a carrot. Um, it's wild. Uh, he said he does call Giamatti. He says, what's up doc. So like, it's not a oblique reference. Like it is blatantly, there is a Bugs Bunny kind of quality to the film. Like there's things that are Looney Tunes esque. Uh, and it kind of works because it just has the tone. Like the actors seem to be having a blast. Clive Owen is playing it straight, which sells it all the more. Like he's not like smiling. He's being Clive Owen. Um, and it just it just kind of works. Uh, it's it's a wild time. Some really cool needle drops in it um, for sure. Uh, if you haven't seen it and you have access to it, I'd, I'd say it's worth watching. If you like goofy action movies, it okay. is over the top. There's a lot of blood, lots of blood. Um, gotcha. I haven't seen that some, one. Yeah, it's some dark tones too. Like it, again, because it it seems to be kind of making fun of action movies to a degree. But um, that led me to Crank, a Jason Statham film that I skipped uh, for a long time, and. It's not nearly as action packed as I thought it would be. Like I, it's mostly him like trying to stay alive and there's not a whole lot of like shooting and fighting. There are scenes, but it's it's a lot of like him running and being silly. It's it might be the most silly I've seen Statham. Um like he's often wry, right? Like in the Guy Ritchie movies there's like this kind of wry sense of humor where it's like you know, he makes a snarky comment here and there. There's like a part where he's he does uh, epinephrine and he's like running down the street in like a hospital gown with an erection. And it's just like, what is Statham doing here? Like, this is wild. Um, uh, so I had not seen it. I don't know if I'm going to watch the sequel because I've heard the sequel is like real bad. Um, but I, I mostly enjoyed Crank. It, it's wild. I, I like Statham. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily think he's he's not a versatile actor, but I do like his screen presence. And I tend to like action movies with him in them. Um, and there was no different here. I didn't have any issues with, with Statham. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been watching since the last time we recorded. So the usual mixed bag of fun there, JB. Yeah. You know, I've been on an action kick because of John wick. Uh, nothing's, it's one of those things where it's like you do something and you're just like, Oh, that was so cool. I want to have that feeling again. And then everything else afterwards isn't quite 
the same level <laughs> that you had at John Wick. Um, and that's what it's been. Uh, it's been like, yeah, yeah, I want to watch some more action movies. I need to have, I want to have another experience like watching John Wick chapter four for the first time. So far, uh, swing and a miss on both of that feeling, but you know, <laughs> still not bad. Um, but that is the most of our episode. But before we leave, we have to check in with one another to make sure we're keeping our bloody awesome levels at optimal uh, quality control type situations. I stuttered all over that. I apologize. But nevertheless, Matt, I want to know what have you been doing to stay bloody awesome since the last time we recorded? I'm still counting, JB. I'm still counting. Oh, yes. Still counting those calories, JB. Um, still uh, getting yes. small incremental losses each week, but a loss is a loss. Uh, I'm still exactly. enjoying some of the foods I like, just not as much, or not in, not, not many donuts or any in that case, or cake, or chocolate, or full fat fizzy drinks slash soda. Doing well, but the work is still there to be done. I'm going to start implementing more of an actual training regime. At the minute, it's stick to a controlled diet in terms of calorie intake and get your steps in. Get the steps in. You know, Get used to doing that, and then w- w- once you can do that, Let's go into a more of a an actual regime in terms of getting dumbbells and getting weights and everything like that thrown in and get the exercise in. So uh, getting there slowly and surely, but still doing it. So but this time next year, JB, maybe I can say I finally finished, but be a long old road. But if I, if I want to be like Burke, I've got to, I've got to think like Burke. I've got to act like Burke. So I, I'll do my best, JB. I'm still counting. But uh, what about you? Have you been doing something a little bit more fun? Uh, well, I'm getting ready to travel to New Orleans for the Overlook Film Festival. Uh, yes. Me and Tuna are driving up this uh, the next day, um, like a day after we're recording this. Uh, and um, I'm super excited. I've never been to New Orleans before. It's a place I've wanted to visit. I'm very hyped for the food. I'm very hyped for this festival. It's a horror film fest. Um, Renfeld is uh, opening night, so we see that. Um I see the new uh, David Deschmacklin horror film, something, something, the devil. I think I saw the devil. Oh, I, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. S- S- Stephen King is raving about it, apparently. Yeah. So uh, kind of hyped for that. man's got such a cool filmography in the last few years, well, in the, in the yeah. last decade, and coming up. Interesting. Um, and then the sequel to Becky is, is at the festival, so I'm checking that out. I'm going to see Evil Dead Rise oh, man. Um, on Saturday night, and a couple of other movies that I've heard good things about um, that aren't popping in my brain right now, but um and Renfield? then of course again did i mention the food uh yeah renfield is is opening night and tell me the food i'm i'm very hyped uh, you know there's going to be red velvet cake and there's going to be mm. beignets and mm. there's going to be uh C- cajun food and creole i'm just i'm just all about uh seafood anyway so i'm i'm super hyped we are staying in the uh the area um it like the actual uh, I think the French quarter. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited. We're right. We're walking distance from all the theaters at the festivals at. So yeah, um, looking forward to this opportunity. I'm grateful to get to be able to go and uh, check it out. And I'll, I'll be writing some reviews um, and talking about some of those movies on next week's episode. Only slightly jealous. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm very jealous. I'd love to go to overlook. Um, but what I will say is I have tapped up JB for those food pictures and, the, and and of course the overlook vibes i'd love to see some pictures of what the festival's like and you know the crowds but hit, hit me with those food snaps and i definitely shall sir nice um, with that folks that is our episode we'll be back next week uh to talk about dungeons and dragons honor among thieves um a movie that matt and i saw like a month ago um yeah. so it's gonna need some uh refreshing probably for us to really be able to talk about it but um we uh 
we'll also have our spoiler episode of John Wick Chapter 4 uh, dropping, um, where we'll talk a little bit about which action scenes really stood out to us. I know which one I cannot wait to talk about. Um, in the meantime, follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod and Twitter. Uh, at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And if you still use Facebook, you can search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Um, you can follow us individually. I'm at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. Matt, where can they find you? Uh, whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and just search what I watch tonight across all the socials, including Letterboxd. And if you like what we're doing here at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask that you take just a minute and give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen because it helps other people find the show. And with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies and stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody, awesome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blood, blood.